Good afternoon and once again thank you for joining me for Business, The Law and You. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. A bit later in the program we'll have a look at one of our Harvard Business Review tips. This particular one is Make Good Writing a Part of Your Skill Set. Also going to be having our chat with Christina. We'll be looking at uh, what I should do to prepare my business for the future. But right now we're also going to be looking at preparing our business. We're going to have a chat with Rani Gandhi, from, who's a partner with Turnbull Hill Lawyers. We're going to look at part two of our business health check. Good afternoon, Rani. Good afternoon. Well, thank you for joining us again. So we, we had a look at uh, some of those points in the last month of the business health check. I would imagine it's important to have a good team supporting you. Absolutely. So employees are the major asset and or risk of a business. So you need um, to be questioning, uh, should you, so some of the questions sorry, you should be asking are, do I have the right person for the role? Are they an advocate for my business? Um, am I overstaffed or understaffed? Are my employees representing my business or my brand well? Are they suitable employment contracts in place? Do they need to be updated or has roles changed? Another key question is, are all their entitlements paid and up-to-date, particularly superannuation, because you can be held personally liable if it's not. Um, also, do you have a system to monitor performance? It's one thing to guess how people are going, but if you have a system in place to measure how people are going, then you know that you're giving genuine and honest feedback. Um, and what can result from that is positivity or maybe there's some difficult conversations you need to have. Do, do you find, uh, as a lawyer, that uh, a lot of people do not have employment contracts in place? Yes, I do. Is it it's surprising? Uh, for uh, me. Because you, cause you've just talked about the importance of monitoring performance, and obviously, if performance is not there, then the contracts may well be something you've got to rely on. Absolutely. All people join an organisation; they may sign an employment contract. Uh, they're there four or five years, and the role that they've ended up with is completely different to, to what they started out, and, and the agreement doesn't reflect that. Mm. Yeah, so obviously that's one of the areas that people should regularly look at. How, how often do you think people should look at those sorts of things? I think an annual basis, mm. um, depending on your business and the size and how much you move people around, but if you keep it in a relatively short time, then you know you're on top of it, so it's not a mammoth task. And I suppose now having the right team in place leads us to some sort of a culture in our business. Yeah, so this can relate to your team and their the dynamic, but also how you operate a business as a business owner. Um, I always ask, do I support my team? Is there respect in the environment I create? Um, is it an enthusiastic and supportive uh, place to work? Is there a way of measuring your culture? Is there a way of looking at how, how your culture's going? I think you have to be honest, and I think you have to listen to the people that you work with. So if people are walking around, not always smiling, but with an enthusiastic um, perception and attitude, you can see that. There's a video that you can, it's on YouTube, and it's called The Fish Culture. Mm. Um, F-I-S-H and it's about a fish shop in America and just how the attitude of the staff is outstanding and it only goes for about four minutes but it's well worth looking at because 
it really explains what a good culture can do and, and what a valuable asset it is. Yeah, and of course, when when you go into a firm, sometimes you can really feel the positivity or the negativity of the place, can't you? Yes, you can. So, so I understand that something like twenty five percent of uh, businesses fail because of poor credit management. So, I suppose understanding if I'm owed money and do I know how much would be essential. I think a debtor system is essential. Um, you need to look at how long do you give clients or customers to pay? Is that a, the right amount for your business? Um, do you have customers or clients that are terrible pays? And if they give you regular work but you're not getting paid, are they, are they realistically sustainable to your business? Also, what do you do if someone refuses to pay or fails to pay? Do you have a system of debt recovery such as letters of demand or outsourcing or statements of claim, depending on the amount, because it, it, you can get a reputation um, very easily where if people don't pay you, you don't do anything, and then that incentive to pay you um, can later become a real issue. And I suppose, I mean, it's one of the things that people tend to put off, isn't it? Um, because they asking for money sometimes seems to be a little bit uh, uh, a no-no. So uh, they tend to just let things go. Yes, and it can be awkward. But at the same time, um, I look at it, if I don't chase it up, I'm not doing the right thing about by my staff here. Yeah, you're not valuing your team, are you? Absolutely. So, and, and the work they produce. Yeah. So, so along with that... Should we review our cash flow regularly? Julian, cash is king. So how the cash flow of a business um, is essential to whether it can pay its debts when it needs to be. Um, the other part of cash flow is if you know that there are certain projects you want to fund or expansion, um, are you retaining earnings? Uh, business can be more than just keeping the doors open. Um you need to be asking, do I need to be putting money aside for a rainy day or contingencies, or so that I've got a, a fund there that if I do have an opportunity in my business, I can, I can fund it without necessarily having to go into debt. Yeah, and again, uh, my statistics tell me that people, only about 25% of businesses actually do a projected cash flow in advance and then monitor to it. Right, I didn't know that. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a very serious point, I think, in a business. Now, the other one, of course, is uh, these days there's so much dependency on the internet. IT data security is vital. What should we do about that? You need to be asking, what protections do I have in place for data security? So do I regularly make everyone in my organisation change a password? Mm. Uh, I think the recommendation is at least three months you're changing your password, so if someone does get a hold of a password, it's not a regular occurrence. Um, also, do you have, um, commu- how do you communicate with your clients? So if it's only via email, um, there's been many recent incidents, luckily not at our firm, where um, people have tried to hack into systems. And what they do is they'll intervene in a email and you've got an email from a customer saying paid into this account and you get another email which says, no, we've changed our account details, please pay it into this account, um, which you promptly do, and only to get a phone call later saying we haven't received payment because it's gone into uh, a hacker's account. Um, and a lot of these 
uh, hackers are overseas and, and it's fairly untraceable. Um, so it's really important. One of the things we've done is actually go backwards perhaps in technology to make sure that we're talking to our clients and seeing our clients and if we're sending anything, it's PDF. Um, and all of that is trying to protect the integrity of our system and also to make sure that our client's security is protected. Um, one thing I would suggest, even though you hope it doesn't happen, uh, as your business, you need to have a plan of if a client's security is breached, um, do you have a policy to deal with it? Um, do you know what you're going to say to your client? Do you have a team that's going to help you fix it? And ultimately, in some cases, do you have a media consultant that can deal with um, the ramifications in the press? Mm, great. Well, thanks very much for those uh, interesting uh, questions that we need to ask ourselves. And I would suggest, as you say, on a regular basis, at least once a year. And we'll have a look at uh, part three next month. Thanks, Julian. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Rani Garter from uh, Turnbull Hill Lawyers there with those interesting points about the health of our business. And they're things that we tend to overlook, aren't they? You're listening to Business, The Law and You on 2NURFM. It's coming up to 25 minutes past one. Someone who's not flying today is Christina. We'll have a chat with Christina. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. That was very funny. Because <laughs> you're always up there flying too high. That's right. We've been flying a lot lately, but it's nice to be grounded. So, so uh, we've just been having a chat with Turnbull Hill about the uh, having a business health check, and obviously one of the things we need to look at is the future. What, what can I do to prepare for the future? Um, research, 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 uh, basically. So, or put yourselves in the path of where a lot of research has happened. And I think maybe we mentioned last week that if you're really clever, you go and see thousands of hours worth of research in a one or two day conference, seminar, workshop, whatever it is. We actually really do need to be putting ourselves in the path of things that we don't know. Uh, and it's very fine to go to um, conferences again and again where you know what's going to come up, but it's the information that you don't know. That's what you really want to... You, you really need to invest some time um, in the things that you don't know. And that's also reading newsletters that may not um, may not be in your field because I think we've spoken um, mm -hmm. quite a few times about things that we can adopt and adapt out of other fields. Mm -hmm. So we really need to be expanding um, our mindset and we need to be really open. And the best example I can give you of an open mindset is I've been in the innovation game for quite a long time, as you know, as you have, uh, and I was offered the opportunity to try some meat that was grown from um, from a lab, so rather than the mm. cow being slaughtered or whatever. I've been a vegetarian for a long time. I refused because I was a vegetarian. My daughter actually questioned that, and she said, why didn't you try it? No animal was killed, no animal was harmed, um, and, you know, this meat was grown in a lab. And it actually brought home to me that even though I think I have a really open mindset, in actual fact, I don't. Yeah, mm. I didn't at that point in time. So keep mindset really open. Learn as much as you can from as many people as you can. Um, and it's the beauty of the information that comes across your page for the first time when you delve deeper and then you get some more depth of knowledge about things that may be very applicable to your organisation. So research investment, I cannot um, stress how important it is for us to know what we don't know. And, of course, these days uh, we've got that valuable um, commodity, the internet, where if we haven't got the time to go to conferences and things, you know, just spending 15 minutes a day, you could, could uh, find solutions to problems. 
You can indeed, and there's a plethora of information and there's a plethora of presentations. There is nothing like that human connection that you do get at a workshop, a conference, a summit, whatever it is. Um, so there is that deeper connection, and I'm sure people have felt it. I know I, um, I gave a presentation online, did a conference call online um, for a 500-person for a summit. It was not the same as being in the room because I couldn't read anyone in the audience. Mm. Um, so it is very different when you've got that human energy, and that is, that's fantastic because that is what makes us unique. And that is why when people say the robots will take over, we know they won't because they don't actually have that human energy um, that we really need in our communication. So it's really good to put yourself in a path, whether it's a meet-up group, it doesn't matter what it is, put yourself in the path of other energy as well and have the conversations because they build. And we've talked about diversity um, and people contributing to conversations many a time. Great. Well, thanks very much for your time. Uh, We'll have a chat with you again next week. Look forward to it, Julian. Have a great week. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Time for our Harvard Business Review tip. This particular one, make good writing a part of your skill set. Good writers distinguish themselves at work. We write all the time. Proposals to clients, memos to leaders, emails to colleagues. But we don't often think about improving our writing. To communicate effectively and win business, learn to write simply, clearly and precisely. The mistakes that many people make is writing prematurely. They work out their thoughts as they're writing, which makes their argument meandering and repetitive. Ask yourself, what should my audience know after reading this? Make your point up front and don't use three words when one would do. For example, there's no need to say general consensus of opinion when consensus works. Similarly, avoid jargon. If you rely on $10 words too much, readers will think you're on autopilot or don't know what you're saying. Avoid terms like actionable, core competency and impactful. And don't be afraid to ask someone for feedback. So interesting points there. Get that writing a little bit more improved. And thank you for being with us for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. We've looked at those business health check. We've looked at how we can prepare for the future with particularly research. In a moment, Jane Klein will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, we're going to have some business startup tips from business mentor Kimberly Claire Campbell. We'll have a minute on innovation with Christina and have some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. I'd love your company again for business, the law and you at the same time next week. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week. And as Zig Ziglar once said, if people like you, they'll listen to you. But if they trust you, they'll do business with you. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.